0: Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. We are still out of the country, and so this week what we're going to do is we are going to dust off an old episode that has to do with how we frame our play. We're going to be talking in this episode, we talked about understanding how losing can be an advantage to us, so embracing losing when it happens. We're not looking to lose, but when we lose, let's learn from it, and also understanding what it means to compete out in the pickleball courts. Enjoy the podcast. Before we jump into the podcast, I'm excited to announce our upcoming 2022 free mini-series. This is a mini-series that is going to radically alter your game. The mini-series will be presented in three parts. Each part will present to you a powerful principle that will help you eliminate frustration in your game and increase your confidence when you're playing on the court. In the first part of the mini series, we are going to share with you a mind shift that you need to make if you're going to play your best pickleball. This is something that is absolutely critical if you're going to play your best pickleball out on the court. In the second part of the mini series, we're going to cover the most important shot in pickleball and we're going to tell you how to hit it. In the third part of the mini series, we are going to be covering pop ups and showing you how to stop popping the ball up. In this mini-series, you're going to find out a lot of things that you don't know and how to fix them. To make sure you get your ticket to our free mini-series, make sure you're on the We Are Pickleball mailing list. We are going to send out invites to our mailing list so they can join the event and get their free ticket. In order to attend the mini-series, you must have a ticket. The tickets are first come, first serve until all tickets are gone. Hope to see you there every single one of us who plays pickleball wants to win when we step out on the court i mean it is a game that we play where there is scoring involved and where we we track the score right so basically you know i score a point or you score a point and so on and so forth till we get to the usually it's 11 right the magic number of 11 and then we call it a game and either you have 11 first or i have 11 first and that dictates who won that game but You know, there are a couple of different ways of looking at this that I wanted to broach in today's uh, podcast, this week's podcast. What I wanted to talk about first was, you know, how the the, the importance that we give to the score, right? The score in pickleball really at the end of the day is just a number, right? So, you know, at some point during a game, you'll have five and I'll have four or you'll have, you know, three and I'll have seven or whatever. So you know, you, just numbers, right? So we'll just have these numbers that we keep track of. And, uh, you know, every time you engage in a series of events that, that you get rewarded with a point, then your point goes up and same for me, right? But I think what, when we get so wound up in, in this number, right? And how important this number is to us as uh, basically defining us, uh, sometimes as players, And sometimes as even as persons, that can be pretty uh, destructive if you're doing that. So, you know, what I suggest you do on the scoring is maybe reevaluate the score, uh, not reevaluate the score, but reevaluate your relationship with the score, how you think about the score. Yes, the score is relevant. Yes, the score is um, important in terms, at least important in terms of tracking who's winning or who, who ultimately wins the game right at the end, who got to 11 first. But does it change you as a player? Does it change you as a person? And I would suggest the answer is no. Um, you know, let's take an example of, and you're going to hear me say this again at the end about, you know, I'm going to I'm going to set up some examples of of different scenarios and and challenge you to think about them and hopefully help you reframe some of the uh, some of how you view these things through those examples so in one scenario I'm going to put you out on the court you and whatever partner you want you pick against uh, let's just say like uh, Ben Johns and Simone Jardim and if you don't know who they are they're the two best pickleball players in, you know male and female in the world so you're going to be playing against them Unless something really weird happens, it is very likely that the end of that game will be 11-0 against you. In other words, you'll have zero, and Ben and Simone will have 11, and that'll be the game. So, you know, that, that, that does that change who you are as a player, how you play, how good or things you need to work on, whatever? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't change anything at all. It's just some, a set of numbers. Take the same thing on the on the other side. Take a game where you're playing... Uh, you know, you're playing two three-year-olds, right? You you hand a couple three-year-olds some paddles, put them on the pickleball court and say, let's play. I would expect, again, barring something weird, that that'll be 11-0 in favor of you. Maybe 11-1 if you miss a return or something, but eleven if they can even serve, right? But it's 11-0, right? Probably. Does that change anything? Does that, you know, does the 11-0 in your favor there or the 0-11 against you in the prior example, does that change anything? And, And I think the answer is pretty clear that it does not change anything. Um, you know, all it is is, you know, either you have 11 or they have 11 at the end of this period of time that we're on the court. And it does not change the, the, the fundamental, the, not the fundamentals, but the, the, ba- the basics of uh, us as humans, uh, us as pickleball players, aren't changed because of the score being 11 or is 11-0 or 0-11. We're the same person. We hit the shots the same way. Now, that's not to say you can't improve, right? That's not to say that you can't work to improve your game. That's more constructive, right? If you want to look at how you're playing and say, you know, I, I really could work on the depth of my serve. I really could work on my punch volley. I really, you know, those types of things. I could work on my movement around the court. That's constructive. That's something that you can say, okay, that's something that I have control over, something that I can uh, that I can uh, do something about. Score is, is something that, again, it's just a number, and, and it's something that a lot of times, as in the examples I gave you, you may not have control over. If you're playing Ben and Simone, you probably don't have a lot of control over what the score is gonna be. The score is gonna be, you're gonna have a zero or at most a one at the end of that at the end of that exchange. And there's not much you can do to, to yeah, at least in the short term, right? Maybe in the long term, if you really apply yourself and work hard at the game and two years from now, maybe you're battling with them. But for right now, for most of us, we're at zero or one when we play those types of opponents. So looking at the scores, our metric uh, is a flawed system. So maybe con- consider instead of looking at the score, looking at areas that, are, that make more sense for you to, uh, for you to focus on when you are uh, uh, trying to decide, you know, what you need to do to improve as a pickleball player. Most pickleball players spend a lot of time thinking about and comparing pickleball paddles. But you know what's more important than a pickleball paddle? Your shoes. Are you wearing the right kind of shoes to play pickleball in? If you're not sure, consider trying out shoes that are designed and made specifically for pickleball. Tyrell shoes are the shoes that CJ and I both wear out on the pickleball court. Remove any doubt about whether the shoes you're wearing are right for pickleball. Check out Tyrell shoes. I'll put a link in the show notes. Protect your most valuable asset out there, your body, with the right shoes. Wear the right shoes and play longer on the court. I actually didn't mean to go that far down the rabbit hole of the uh, scoring, but it seemed like it was appropriate, so that's where we went with it. But let me give you a brief, and I'll, I'll hit this again in another podcast in the future, but let's talk a little bit about losing, right? So this idea that, uh, you know, when I go out on the pickleball court, there's two options, right? I either have a W or have an L after every game, either a win or a loss. That's, that's you know, in some of our minds, and mine included, you know, back in the day, more so than, than today, but, you know, winning is important, right, you know? When you play in the tournament, like the one we just played at, you know, players want to know how'd you do, what happened, how'd you do, and so you know they're expecting metrics, right? They're not they're not looking for you to tell them, you know, I thought my, uh, you know, my, for instance, I really did think my defense was pretty good during the tournament. I felt that I uh, lost some focus and intentionality towards the end of the of the tournament, but in the middle there, and 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 I thought my defense was pretty solid throughout. But that isn't what, you know, when a player says, how'd you do? They, they just want to know, like, did you win or did you lose? That's all that. It's a kind of, it's a binary, not kind of, it is a binary. And what I want to challenge you to do is maybe reconsider losses as not being, in fact, losses. Now, yes, is it a loss from a standpoint of, you know, you scored less than 11 and your opponents got to 11? Sure, fine. That's a loss in, in that framing of the, of the of that use of the term, right, loss. But is it a loss to you as a as a player, as a person? And I think there's there's a way to look at it where it's not a loss to you. In fact, you can look at it as a win or as a victory for you. And the reason for that is because you because you have a um, a loss gives you basically it's an opportunity, right? So a loss gives you it's a learning opportunity, right? Where you basically um, you know when you whenever whenever you lose at a pickleball game or anything else in life, um, it's a it's an it's a learning moment for you where you get to see what it is that maybe you could do to improve your game, to up your game. And think of it this way. When you look at a player like a tennis player, right, like Roger Federer, you know, if not the greatest of all time, certainly in the conversation for for top player of all time or greatest of all time. And if you think about it, the greatest gift that Roger Federer ever got, as a tennis player at least, uh, was the uh, emergence of Rafael Nadal. Because what a Rafael Nadal did was he basically... Forced Roger Federer to become the best version of himself that he could be, right? The best version of a tennis player that he could become. Because without Nadal, you know, Federer, I'm not saying that there weren't players out there that could challenge him sometimes, but the only player that really challenged Federer at his peak uh, was Nadal. Nadal was the one that was basically coming around and pushing Federer around for some time and requiring Federer to look at his own game and up his own game. So when you look at yourself as a player, when you're playing an opponent that uh, gets the best of you during a match, you know, in terms of the score at least, you know, so they score 11 before you get to 11, then, you know, maybe look at that as not a negative, but look at it as a gift to you. Because what that player has done is that player has shown you areas in your game uh, that you can work on and then subsequently improve. And, you know, if, if you get that when you're playing, and even though it's an L on the in the record books... I think it's a much more constructive way of looking at the uh, the event or the, the the game that you participated in and looking at the loss as, in fact, a win for you, allowing you to continue to grow and and uh, and expand your knowledge of the game and become the best pickleball player that you can be. If we haven't gotten too metaphysical for you so far during the podcast, uh, in the Riff we'll be talking about how to define whether you competed the last time you played pickleball out on the courts. Stay tuned for the Riff. So the verdict is in, and the paddle that C.J. Johnson, myself, Tony Roig, and my wife Jill are all playing with is the new Icon paddle, a relatively new Icon paddle from Diadem Pickleball. We've actually been playing with this paddle for several months now, and uh, we wanted to make sure it it performed up to our expectations. And I got to tell you, this is an awesome paddle. It has some of the best playability of any paddle that we've ever played with. And Jill's arm that used to have the ice after she played no longer needs icing. So it's an awesome paddle. If you want to read more about the paddle, I'll link to the full review down in the show notes. And if you use the code VI Pickleball at Diadem Pickleball, you'll get our discount. If you decide to give the Diadem Icon Paddle a try, send me an email, tony at com, and let us know how it went. If you follow our podcast, you know that we're big fans of Coach Peter Scales' book, uh, Mental and Emotional Training, Compete, Learn, Honor. If you want to hear those episodes, they started episode nine, so go back and check those out. They're really good episodes. I'll put a link down below where you can get a copy of Coach Pete's book. It'll really change your relationship with the game, at least has the potential to do so if you uh, read it with an open mind and just kind of get into it. But one of the concepts that um, that Coach Pete talks about is competing, right? So it's compete, learn, honor, and competing is an important part of, of an important metric, I should say, for how you gauge your performance on the pickleball court. It's not winning and losing like we talked about earlier. So it's not, you know, the W or the L or the score. What matters is were you out there and were you competing? And what I want to talk a little bit about was or, or about today is what is what do we mean when we say, did you compete? Or when we ask the question, did you compete out on the pickleball court today? And there's a there's I think sometimes the trap that we fall into there is that we look at it as did I play the best pickleball I can possibly play under any circumstances at any time today. If that's the question you're asking yourself, there's going to be many, many times that you're going to that that the answer is going to be no, I did not. But really what I want you to what I want you to um, challenge, I want to challenge you a little bit on is, is that the right question, right? Is the right question. Did I play the best pickleball possible under any circumstances that I've ever played in my life? You know, basically like the highest bar you could ever set for yourself. And are you supposed to meet that bar every time you go out to play? I think that's just, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure there. Better, a better question, I believe, uh, that you, you might want to ask yourself is, did I compete as hard as I could given where I am today, given the place that I'm at today? We're going to have different, we're going to come into into pickleball situations or pickleball uh, opportunities at different places in our lives, right? Sometimes it'll be, uh, you know, a particularly stressful day with family or work or whatever is going on in your life. That's going to distract you and detract from your uh, pickleball play. It could also be an injury, right? You could be, you know, you could have a, a your knee bothering you, your arm bothering you, something like that. It's, it's difficult to expect that you're going to perform at your best, best ever, right, if you have some sort of physical uh, limitation at the moment. Another example is if you haven't, say you haven't played or, or drilled or done anything in a while, uh, it's unrealistic to expect that you're going to all of a sudden show up to the pickleball court and play at maximum, uh, you know, at your, at your uh, absolute best, uh, you know, under any circumstances, if you haven't played for a while. So maybe instead of comparing your play to the highest possible bar that you could ever play under any circumstances ever in your life, maybe place the bar a little more realistically based on where you are that day, what's going on, and as long as you went out there and you did the best that you could, and that includes ebbs and flows. By the way, you're not going to always be, you know, spot on uh, every single rally during during the day. You know, accept that you're human and give yourself uh, some leeway there. And as long as you compete it within those parameters, then I think you've done uh, what you set out to do and you should, uh, you know, no no reason to hold your head uh, or, or, you know, let your head sag uh, if you, in fact, uh, have some losses that day. And frankly, even if you have some wins that day, the question is, you know, did I compete? Did I leave it all out on the court as best I could that day? So I hope that helps you, uh, you know, reframe maybe some of your uh, metrics when you're out there uh, playing. And have a healthier relationship with the game. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a rating on wherever you're listening to this on. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please share with your friends. If you enjoyed it, they probably will too. We'll see you next week.